And we come to one of the saddest stories in the Nakh. And that's the story of Yiftach Slore. So let's see what happened, and let's try to understand what the mistakes made were, and why the story ended so tragically. So firstly it starts that Yiftach is now uh, delivered an ultimatum to the king of Amman, who doesn't back down. And therefore the Pesach is in Parish of Tess, so spirits of Hashem rest in Yiftach. Those of Hashem who explained Ruach Hakodesh, those of Hashem who explained it was a spirit of strength. He was infused with a certain kayak, a certain ability, and uh, he made him a leader. He went through the Eretz Gilad and Menashe, which was uh, the shame that he was from. Mitzvah Gilad is the lookout point of Gilad, it's like the far point of the the territory of Klai Yisrael, and we meet the Gilad over Bnei Amon. And from there he went and he attacked Bnei Amon. And now, before he actually fought, so the Pasuk says, Vayidah Yiftach Nedah. La Hashem, Yiftach Nedah to Hashem. Vayayimah, he said, Innosan titanus Bnei Amon biyodi. If you're going to give the people of Amon into my hand, and then, Vahoyu hayyotze, asheyyotze, midalte basi lekrasi. And if that happens, then it will be that the first thing the one who comes out first, who leaves my, the doors of my house to greet me when I come back, when I return in peace from fighting B'nai Amon, it will be for Hashem, and I'll bring it up as noble. So, the, before we analyze what Yitzhak's intention was, we can first see that there are two uh, points men- mentioned in the passage. The first one was the double washing. The Hoya Hayyotse Asheyotse. It will be the, the one who goes out, who goes out. And the question is, why does Yiftach need a double expression for that? That's the first thing. And then, in the same thing, he says in the second Pasuk, the Hoya Hashem, it will be for Hashem, and I'll bring it up as the oil. And once again, we can ask why the double washing. But it needs to be repeated. Uh, not just that it will be for Hashem, but also it will be for Hashem, and I'll bring it as night. So that's the dictum in Yiftach's language. So let's explain what he meant. And as we know, the Gemara says in Tainus famously that three people, uh, so to speak, made the nether with the act, thinking about what the consequences of the nether may have been. Two of them, Hashem answered the Taiva, and one Hashem didn't. And the Gemara says that the first person in that category is Eliezer. But Eliezer says that whoever the Naira will be, that I will say to her, Hashkinina, please give me to drink. And she does, and she gives the camels, and that will be the one for Yitzhak. And the Gemara says, it could have been the it could have been somebody of a Psal Nevertheless, Hashem answered him, and it came out the best possible match. It was uh, Abram's niece Rifti. And the same thing it says with Shaul. And Shaul made an offer that whoever is prepared to attack Goddess the Pishti, then you give him his daughter in marriage. And they also, says the could have been a slave. It could have been a bandit. It could have been a Samathak. And nevertheless, Hashem answered him and he came with Abraham. So even though the, the promise that they made was something which was maybe uh, rash, it didn't take into consequence what the ramifications might have been of what they said, 
But the Messias was the Rakadosh Baruch Hu engineer that they came out in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And the third category is Yiftach. And by Yiftach, uh, he also made a promise which was ultimately. And that is, whoever leaves my home first, I'm going to give as an order to Hashem. And over here, what happened was, as you're going to see, his daughter came out, which obviously wasn't what he intended. And uh, if Chazal are contrasting the three different Chazal uh, contrasting the three different stories, so then it needs an explanation. It needs an explanation why was it that on the one hand uh, Eliezer and Shaul were answered well, and Yiftach was answered in a, a tragically. What's the difference between the stories? So then, obviously, there are a number of different approaches brought by the Mephoshim. A number of different ways to explain the difference between them. Let's explain uh, a number of the, suggest- the solutions which are suggested. Uh, firstly, there are those who say that the difference between the cases was that the case of both Eliezer and the case of Shaul involves different. It was who's going to marry Yitzchak or who's going to marry the daughter of Shaul. And as we know, when it comes to Shidduchim, there's a certain uh, principle of Me'ashem Ishalish. Because it's powerful orchestrates Shidduchim. And therefore, even though they, they made a promise which might have landed up with wrong results, they're relying on the fact that Shidduchim were from Hashem. And the Vigim were from Hashem, if that's the case, they didn't worry that the Hashem would orchestrate the Zivug, which wasn't meant to be, because of their neighbor. As opposed to the case of Yitzchak, the Fayyitzchak had nothing to do with the it had to do with the carbon. If that's the case, then there isn't that guarantee that HaKadosh Baruch is being the Zavik Zivogi. That's uh, one answer given. What would be the point of Eliezer's Shua then? What was the point? Yeah, the point was that right, he was so asking right. Hashem to make it clear to him who it's meant to be. And therefore he was saying, whoever this is going to be the sign, and Hashem organized that the right girl is the one who's going to fulfill the conditions, so to speak. And Hashem did. That's one, that's one, one approach. There's another approach also, and that is that what was Yiftach expecting to happen? Like you're going to see there's more than one explanation over here. What is Yiftach expecting? His lashon was, whatever comes out of my home to meet me. Now, what was the expectation? that Who, would, who was likely to come out of his home to meet him? And if that's the case, it was a, it's more like, most likely to be a person. Right? Animals don't necessarily come out to meet someone when he comes mm-hmm. home. And if that's the case, it wasn't that he was wrong in taking a chance. The whole nether was wrong. It doesn't make sense. He didn't say the first uh, carbon that I find. He said, whatever's Yetzim from my, ha- my house to meet me, which, if you think about it, it wasn't a chance. It was just a stupid nether lechatkhila. Because the, the likelihood would be that whoever came to greet him wouldn't be an animal, it would be a person. In which case, it was uh, it was a mistake lechatkhila in the cheshbon. That's the second one. There's a third answer also, and that is that Eliezer and Shaul were relying on a certain set of Dishma. Why? Because Eliezer is relying, like he says in his own Twitter, and I think this is the simplest answer because the first and the words came out, Eliezer was relying on the Shus of Avram Avinu. He died, in the Shus of Avram, find me the right girl today. Eliezer, I guess, it wasn't a wild uh, offer. He was relying that Hashem sent him to, uh, Avram sent him to the mission, and the Shus of Avram, Hashem made it successful. Same thing. Shaul was relying on the fact that whoever has, is going to get the Siyat of to kill Goliath 
is uh, someone who Hashem is going to help do this because there's no natural way someone's going to bring down God. So he was also relying on Hashem to get involved. He didn't think that any uh, no, muscle man was going to get up and fight with God. That wasn't possible. So they were both relying on an understandable Siyat Dishmai. Whereas when it came to Yiftah, there wasn't the Siyat Dishmai who would come out of his house. So that's the case, it was just random. It was, there was no, there was no Siyat Dishmai behind what he was saying. And in that case, there was no reason why I had to work out right. And now a fourth answer, which I also think is a very straightforward answer. And that is, both Eliezer and Shaul gave themselves, so to speak, a control of what was going to happen next. Because Eliezer's offer was, the girl that I ask to give me water, and she listens to me and gives me in my car, well, she's the right one. But now Eliezer can decide who to go up to to ask. And if you see someone who doesn't feel the proper, he's not going to ask them. And if that's the case, he's still in control of how the decision is going to happen. It wasn't something which was completely not up to him anymore. Same thing, Shaul says, the person who goes to kill Goliath, I give him my daughter. But like we see, whoever wanted to go kill Goliath had to get permission from him first. He was representing the Jewish army. So it wasn't somebody who was going to go out and kill Goliath, and Shaul wouldn't know that. Even when David was uh, willing to go to kill Goliath, he was brought first to Shaul, to get Shaul's approval before he was allowed to go. So it wasn't something which was going to happen without Shaul being aware of what was happening. On the contrary, uh, if, you, if you're going to be the, so to speak, the representative of the Jewish army, then the king is going to have to approve you. And if that's the case, Shaul isn't taking such a like, wild uh, chance, because he, if he sees that the person who's coming forward and offering the Vagoyas isn't appropriate, he won't let him try. So Shaul still held, had control, like Eliezer, of what was going to happen next. Whereas Yiftah had no control of who's going to happen next. Yiftah had no control of who's going to come out of his house. And therefore, the net that he made was something which he had absolutely no control of. And therefore, there was a fissure in that, as opposed to other two. One more point, and that is, by Yiftah was a carbon. And uh, the, the, in other cases, it was, so to speak, it was asking Siyat Dishmai for something, and they were offering something of their own. Whereas by Yiftah, He's saying, I'm going to bring this to the carbon to Hashem. And now there's a certain chisar. And that is that if you bring something to Hashem, then you're responsible to make sure you bring something respectable to Hashem. It's not like in the case of uh, Shaul, that in the country, the person manages to, to kill Goliath, so I'm going to give him my daughter. Shaul's offering to give up something of his. Whereas by Yiftah, you bring it as a carbon. And if that's the case, you're responsible to bring a carbon which is respectable for Hashem. And that's okay, saying the first thing which comes out of my hand, that might be something which isn't appropriate for Hashem. So that was a certain, uh, another mistake in what Yiftah offered, which is also he wasn't given the Seyad Dishmai that things were quite well. Explanation of the background as to why Yiftah Neda was considered to be uh, inappropriate, or it was considered to be something which was rash, which was un, uh, not the correct thing to say. And as a result, he was punished that that uh, it didn't work out well. So the Gemara is sad, but the Gemara... And it says, And it says, And has been crossed the border, has now gone into the territory of the Amun, he goes to fight them, Vayitim Hashem biyadeh. Hashem gives him to his hands, Vayakim me'arayar adbaya chaminis esrim. And they defeated them, and they retreated, they have on 20 cities, from Araya until this place called Vayabaya chaminis, Vayadu al-Vakrami, Makabitayla Mo'ayit, and as a result, whereas previously they had been overlords in Israel and had been oppressing the Jewish people, now the people of Amman had been humbled and had retreated from them. So it was a tremendous victory for Israel.
So Yiftach now comes back to celebrate the victory. And that was an interesting point in the Pasuk. Yiftach goes to the mitzvah to his home. Now that's already raised a question by us. Yiftach home wasn't in the mitzvah. Mitzvah was the central part of Eretz Yisrael where Yiftach went to make the terms of his condition with Hashem. Yiftach, well, he lived in Eretz Tov until then, but the part, the, the, the Nachala, which was really his, was Eretz Gila. He was from the family of Gila. And what? We have to explain the boss, because two steps. Yiftach went to Mitzvah and then to his home. Why? Well, because Yiftach made a deal with Hashem by Mitzvah. And therefore, having now been successful, Yiftach comes back to Mitzvah. Even to, either to thank Hashem for the victory, or to, like you said, the reason I went to Mitzvah was because the head was sitting. So now I've fulfilled my side of the bargain, and as a result, the agreement was that they would now appoint him as a king. Which so it could be either or, or both. Even if they came back to Mitzvah, either to thank Hashem for the victory, or to claim the agreement that was made in Mitzvah, and they goes to his home. What happens is his daughter comes down, the person to greet him. Celebrating Sukkim Chodes with dancing and with crumbs. She was an only child and she had no children of her own, which means it was his only descendants. So, what happens? And then when he sees her, he tears his clothing. And he says, Aho Biti. Aho is like Lashnab Oive, Lashnab Tzad. You've, literally the translation is that you've caused me uh, to fall. You've caused me to suffer. And because of you, I've now gotten mixed up. I've now gotten confused. I've now gotten stuck. Because I made a, I opened my mouth. I made a commitment to Hashem. I can't undo it. Now, before we come to the response of Yiftach's daughter, so what was Yiftach's promise? And when he saw his daughter, what did he, what, did, what, how did that impact on what he originally, uh, he had originally committed himself to do? So there's a very big mechlekesheshayim not just here on the page, but all over the place about what was the story of Yiftach's daughter? Because that's an obvious question, and that is. Yiftach knew that Hashem doesn't want human sacrifice. There's no such precedent for it. The Torah doesn't want it. So what does Yiftach do? What does he think? So there are a number of approaches in the Rishonim. There are three basic approaches. We'll go through one by one. The Rishonim quote each other. And uh, they disagree with each other. So it's a very big focus. The first shita is the shita of the Rabag and a number of other approaches. Muslims who go with the same approach. And that is Yiftach had a double sign to his letter. We already pointed out in the Pasuk before that he says, What comes out, which comes out. And then he said two parts to it. I'll bring it up as an oil. And he the Pasuk explained that Yiftach also took into account that it might be an animal which comes out to first to greet him, or it might be a person. And therefore, the way Yiftach worded the nether, according to these Rishonim, is that there's two signs to my nether. If it's an animal, if it comes out as an animal, then it'll be an idol, I'll bring it as a carpet. But he said, 
And if it's a person who's going to come and greet me, then which means I'm dedicating them to Hashem, and they explain, not as a carbon, not that I want to sacrifice them, but I want to dedicate them to Hashem in the sense that they're now going to spend their lives uh, focused only on Avayas Hashem, and not uh, involved in what people normally do. In other words, to get married, or to have a family, or to whatever else it might be. No, they're going to be like a, somebody who's uh, in seclusion and focused only on their Avayas Hashem. She wasn't expecting it to be his daughter. I'm saying if he anticipated and if that's the case, man. he wasn't expecting his daughter. And I explained that, that because she was his only child, and had not, and she hadn't any children of her own, and therefore any future descendant of Yiftach would have had to be through her. And therefore to now say that she's the one he's dedicating to live a life of solitude in the world of Hashem, and uh, not to uh, get married and not have children, wasn't what he had expected. He had expected that one of his servants would come out, or a man would come out, whatever it would be, and then he would dedicate them to, to serve Hashem, not his only daughter. Um, now, with this Mahalik, and if that's the case, the MS, we don't find that Yiftach did any tremendous crime. According to these Rishonim, Yiftach never killed her. But Yiftach, uh, like we're going to see, banished her to live in the hills, like we're going to see, in that of solitude in the Vedas Hashem. And that's what she's going to say herself. She's going to say the Efkes Pusulah. I'm going to cry about the fact that I never had a chance to get married. And then Bas Yiftach became a hermit, so to speak, a Tadekos, who did her Avodah Hashem on her own, but she never uh, got married or lived uh, a life like anybody else would live. Okay, if that's the case, so then it minimizes, so to speak, the severity of what Yiftach did. And it also explains why he felt he's allowed to do it. Because he felt if uh, he's not, he's committing her to a life of Avodah Hashem. Okay, it's not what he wanted, but it's not the end of the world. And if someone's never like, like for example, the Navi Shmuel, so his mother says about him, I'm going to dedicate him to Hashem. So instead of growing up at home with friends and going to school, wherever else, she won't have a Mikdash and he spent the rest of his life. He had a family, no? Yeah. The Mephoshim himself asked, but it would be nice if Shmuel got married and uh, the Bat Yiftach didn't. So there's always a difference. Because by a man to get married, isn't, he's not Meshubit to somebody else. On the contrary, his wife's Meshubit to him. Whereas for a lady to get married, she's Meshubit to her husband. And if that's the case, so you can't say that she's been dedicated to Hashem, which means to be only involved in Avodah Hashem, whatever it's going to be, if she's now responsible to somebody else and he's in charge of her. And that's why the Mephoshim explained that to give that some idea what he would do for her is he would, uh, he would force her to live a life of, of focus only on Avodah Hashem. Yes, maybe that's not the Torah's ideal for somebody, but he didn't think he was doing something wrong. He wasn't killing anybody, and he didn't think that he was doing something wrong by committing it to life of Avodah Hashem. How could he commit? Good question. So the Mephoshim themselves asked the question, they said, how could Yif Neda uh, force his daughter? Actually, you can say, it's very nice, you can make all the door and you want, I'm not going to listen to you. But we see in the next passage that she accepts to do what he said. She says to him, You made a promise to Hashem. So do what you said. I'm accepting it. Why? As a result of because the Maisa Hashem responded to your Nedah by giving you a victory. So I'm accepting to do your Nedah. Which means, the Mephoshim explained, even if Pasiftah could have rebelled and could have said, I'm not listening to your Nedah, doesn't look high at me. But the Maisa Hashem willingly accepted the, the imposition put on her because she understood this was a, it was in the source of the Nedah that... Uh, 
that Yiftach was successful against Benayama. That's the first approach. Out of the Mahalach and the Rishonim, that's the first Mahalach. The proofs of this Mahalach, well, there's three, three of them. Number one, the obvious question there is, what in the world did you think he was doing? Right, so this answers the question very simply. Yiftach never wanted a killer, and he never did. He, he just, he forced her into a life of uh, seclusion. The second question is that uh, what her lashon, which we're going to see in the next passage, which she asks her, she says, I want to go with my friends to the mountains. Which means I will cry about the fact that I never got married. Now, they point out, why was she crying about the fact that she was going to get killed? And therefore they explained she wasn't going to get killed. And what, she wasn't going to get married. So she cried about her loss of her opportunity to get married. That's the second proof they have. And then in the third, the third proof that they bring is uh, from the very last passage of the prayer, which we're still going to get to, and it says that four times a year the Benoist Israel would go to, uh, to the mountains to cry about Basifah. And the way they understand the passage is with her. With her, she was lonely. She was on her own, and, and they would four times a year they would come and to be with her, uh, so to speak, for, and that was a. Uh, it wasn't about her, it was with her. And therefore they explained that she was the life. She lived out her life and pretty much solitary, except for this four times a year when the, her friends would come and and come spend time with her. But that was the Yirtas promise, that was the result of uh, what happened. Hashem, next year we'll explain the other two Mahalachim, which are the Mahalachim the Ramban, we'll talk about Hashem and the Mahalachim of uh, the Ababrin and others, how they explain the whole story.